Um, thank you so much for the invitation. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Andy, for inviting me. Um, it's really great to be with you this afternoon. And I know that everybody always starts like that, but it really is great not just to be out of London, but out of my house, because I am one of those uh, people who had a COVID Christmas. Um, so uh, those people at home with COVID, I totally sympathise. You know, Tuesday before Christmas, just as the massive food delivery arrived, we got our first positive lateral flow and then we sort of fell like dominoes after that. So um, in total, we were in the house for about two weeks because of, you know, everyone's delayed isolation. Um, but we're through it and we're starting 2022 with uh, great antibodies. Um, so that's a good start. And uh, we uh, also managed to parcel out most of the food, but I still have quite a stockpile of mince pies. Um, so you know where to come if there's a national shortage of those. Um, so, yeah, uh, a little bit more about me. Dan said I've, uh, I'm married to Tim. He's a barrister. Um, I work for the government. Um, I'm a civil servant, so that means I work for whichever government's in power. And currently, um, my job is in the civil society directorate. So, um, brilliant job. It's all about um, kind of managing the relationship between government and civil society. Um, I'm particularly responsible for volunteering and tackling loneliness to uh, things very close to my heart. And I'm absolutely loving it. It's a real gift of a job. Um, we live in Harlesden in northwest London uh, and are part of Community Church Harlesden, which was planted from Basingstoke Community Churches um, back in 2006, so coming up for 16 years ago now. Um, and we've been really supported uh, along the way. I see John here. I was trying to remember, John, were you a trustee for CCH or REUK? CCH, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so um, John was one of our first trustees, I think, when we first started. Um, but Lots and lots of support um, uh, from Forward over the years and really, really value being um, part of the family of churches that we are. Um, so a little bit about CCH. We also meet on a Sunday afternoon, actually. Um, so a uh, great time to meet, four o'clock on a Sunday. Um, uh, I'm a big fan. And uh, we, um, our mission is to be a Christian community. Um, so a really strong focus on community, um, bringing the peace and hope of Jesus to Halsden, London, and the wider world. Um, and what that's meant is we've started a number of initiatives locally in Halsden over the years. Um, one of the things that we started is a charity called Refugee Support Network, which has become Refugee Education UK. Um, and I'm going to be telling you a little bit about our journey as RE UK and um, CCH um, later because it's quite exciting but quite daunting times for us. Um, I'm Chair of Trustees for um, RE UK at the moment um, and also involved in a um, in an organisation called Sanctuary Mental Health Ministries, which you may know as well. Um, so that's a, a few things that I do. Um, I guess the other thing just to say about CCH is we've always had that three-part vision. So um, we are also really kind of keen to encourage people in their workplaces, whether as nurses or doctors um, or teachers or um, civil servants like me um, or lawyers like my husband in our work across London. So we definitely kind of see that as part of our mission as a church. So Andy's giving me free reign this morning to speak about whatever I want, which always sounds really nice and it's really difficult. <laughs> so um, I've um, kind of uh, chosen to speak about something that's really... Um, 
on my heart at the moment is uh, it allows me a bit of an opportunity to tell you a bit more about some things that are going on for us in Halston, which is, which is hopefully encouraging. Um, but it's very much kind of live for me. So I'm really, even though I'm standing up here on this stage, I'm really not bringing this this morning as a message of something that I've really nailed and got right and um, um, kind of sorted on. In fact, you're probably all, I'm probably going to tell you things that you already know, but my hope and encourage, uh, my hope is that somebody here, some of you, some of you online are encouraged um, by kind of stepping into uh, a bit of my journey or our journey this morning. Um, So we're going to read Zechariah 4 together in a minute. Um, And before we do, you need to know a few things. Um, So firstly, uh, Zechariah is a... um, Oh, I've got my... There we go. It's there, look, and I can do this. See if this works. There we go. Um, So, Zechariah is a book of eight visions uh, that the prophet Zechariah had, Um, and this one is right in the middle. It's the fifth of the eight visions. Um, We're talking 520 BC, um, so a very long time ago, 2,500 years ago. Um, The Israelites, uh, or the first wave of Israelites, have returned from exile. Um, So they have been in captivity in exile, um, and um, they've now, some of them have started to come back um, and make their home in a much smaller province um, called Judea. Um, So it used to be, it's much smaller than what was Judah. Um, But they've been given Judea, and the, the Persian um, emperors, the Persian overlords have said, you can go back home and you can take possession of that land and you can rebuild your temple. Um, The Persians have put uh, a guy called Zerubbabel, he was um, one of the Israelites, he's been appointed governor over Judea, um, and Joshua is the high priest, and the two of them are leading this group of about 40,000 returnees to Judea. And they've started to rebuild the temple. They've laid the foundations of the temple. So that's a, you know, a good start. Um, but then for various reasons, they've had to stop. Um, so they had opposition from uh, some of their neighbors, from the Samaritans, and the Persian overlords have said, you need to stop building. Um, and uh, this is about, this is, they've probably been paused, they reckon, for about 16 years at this point. And reading between the lines in both Zechariah and Haggai, the people were feeling a mixture of kind of really positive and hopeful because they've come back to the land, um, and also really miserable and disappointed because the return to the land has not been as prosperous as they'd hoped. Um, it's not been as comfortable as, as they'd hoped, and they've had these setbacks and difficulties um, in rebuilding the temple. So that's by way of introduction. So the passage should come up on the screen. There we go. It's a little small, but I'll read it out. So, then the angel who talked with me returned and woke me up, like someone awakened from sleep. He asked me, what do you see? I answered, I see a a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lamps on it, with seven channels to the lamps. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. I asked the angel who talked with me, what are these, my lord? He answered, do you not know what these are? No, my lord, I replied. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. You remember he was the governor of Judea. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of, God bless it, God bless it. The capstone is what you put on right at the end of the building. Then the word of the Lord came to me. 
The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple, and his hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who dares despise the day of small things? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that range through the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the, land, in the hand of Zerubbabel. Then I asked the angel, what are these two olive trees? I've forgotten to click it through, haven't I? Um, what are these two olive trees on the right and the left of the lampstand? Again, I asked him, what are these two olive branches beside the two gold pipes that pour out golden oil? He replied, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I said. So he said, these are the two who are anointed to serve the Lord of all the earth. So, this is what happens. Andy, when you give me free reign, I pick a really obscure, bizarre text. Um, so we're going to unpack briefly what uh, this uh, is, this, what this picture is, what this vision is. Um, then I'm going to talk you through why on earth I'm talking about this. And then we're going to think about what it means um, for us. So this picture might help you um, if you uh, if you think in pictures. Um, so essentially, this seven uh, armed uh, lampstand is what was in the first temple and actually what was before that in the tabernacle that Moses set up in the um, wilderness. It's a symbol of God's people taking his light, so God's the central branch, and taking his light into the four, uh, six corners sorry, of the universe. Um, in the first temple, it was relit daily by the priests. That was one of the main jobs of the priests was to keep this candelabra, this seven branch candelabra burning. But in this image, the crucial thing is that the lamps are lit from this reservoir, this um, bowl of oil. Now, so the very, the very first thing um, that we need to remember in this passage is, in the, and the key uh, verse, and the verse that probably many of you recognize when I read it out, and the verse that's been really, really key for us, is when God says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. And the idea is that reservoir keeping those lamps burning is representing the spirit of God. And what, he's, what this word is saying, what the, what the angel is saying, uh, what the prophecy is to Zerubbabel is you may feel confused, you may feel despondent, you may feel discouraged, um, but you are going to finish the temple. You are going to get to put the capstone on. It is going to happen. So the first thing that God says is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. And then um, the angel says that the mountain is going to be flattened before Zerubbabel. I don't know if any of you like uh, hill walking. I really do. My children really don't. So it's one of those kind of constant battles on holiday of how much walking we're going to do. Literally, every time we talk about going anywhere, well, how, many do, you know, how much walking are we going to have to do? Is that, does that sound like a place we're going to have to walk? Anyway, I, it is a battle that I'm going to win. It doesn't always go so well. Um, but if you're into walking up mountains, you'll know that feeling when you get to the top of a peak. You think you're at the top. And you realize that you're nowhere near the top. It was just, uh, you know, a false um, peak and you've got to keep going to get to the top. And I think uh, Zerubbabel might have felt a little bit like this at this point. Um, he is facing a huge number of challenges. Um, so he's facing peak upon peak upon peak. He's got the fact that he's only got a small bunch of people and they've got much less land and much less um, wealth than they had. They're not mighty at all. They don't have much political power or influence. He's been put in place um, by, these Persia, by the Persian rulers, but he hasn't really got much power. They've had opposition from their neighbours when they've tried to start this building. And they've had the foundations built and sitting there for 16 years. 
I mean, that's like a bad building project, isn't it? And the people that he's leading are really disillusioned, and they've given up, actually. Lots of them have started, you may, you may know this, um, he, they've started building their own homes, and they've kind of given up on, on rebuilding the temple. Um, and even when they are building it, everyone's a bit disappointed, because it's not as big as the old one. You can totally imagine that, can't you? You can totally imagine being like, oh, it's not as big as the old one. And what God says to him, right in the middle of all of those oppositions, all of, that, all of those mountains, all of those peaks leading up to that mountain, is I'm going to flatten those mountains. You are going to complete this project. Um, and it's going to be not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. And what's more, another brilliant verse. He says, who dares despise the day of small things? You may only have the foundations at the moment. It, only may, it may only be at ground level, but don't despise the day of small things. So, why are we talking about this passage this morning? It was written two and a half millennia ago. It's taken quite a lot of explaining as to what's going on in it. Um, but there's three things, three reasons why I felt to talk about this this morning. The first is because of how we may be feeling this morning. It's already come out a little bit in the prophetic, um, but it may well be that for many of us, we're feeling a weird mix of positive excitement and real confusion and disappointment. Now, um, most of us are not returning exiles. There may be people who are more recently arrived to the UK and having a real sense of, of dislocation or relocation. Um, but I think all of us are feeling a little confused about what's going on and where we're headed. Of course, it's great that we are able to be here this, this afternoon. See, I nearly did it too. I've been meeting on a Sunday afternoon for years now, and I still sometimes do them morning thing. This afternoon, um, it's great that we're able to be um, in a room together. This is a massive, you know, massive progress on last year, isn't it? Um, and there's lots of things that we're able to do again together. Um, I still get very excited every time I get to go out for dinner or walk into a pub and think, oh, it's still allowed. How fun. Um, so it's, you know, there's loads that we can do. And in terms of our mission as churches, there's lots of things that we're able to start doing again. And yet, um, the last two years have taken their toll, haven't they? Um, lots of things that we took for granted before have been shaken to their core. Um, I don't know if anyone with uh, children who normally attend school can identify with me with the slight rise of panic that you feel every time someone glibly mentions the closure of schools. <laughs> Just totally terrified. And hats off to any home educators in the room. Um, very, very impressive. But for many of us, there have been real challenges, haven't there? They've been, we've lost people, there have been bereavements. Um, or we've faced isolation, um, loneliness. We've not been able to be with the people that, we've, that we love as much as we want. We haven't been able to support them. And we still can't do all the things that, that we want to do. We're still living in this slight state of limbo. Um, and so I, I did, as I was reading this um, passage and, and preparing for this morning, think, yeah, in some way I can identify with that sense of both hopeful excitement about the future and also quite a lot of disappointment and quite a lot of um, worry and concern. Uh, now the next thing, ooh, how, wait, I don't know where I need to click. <laughs> oh, there we go. Um, it's another, uh, my numberings from, but because we can easily make the wrong assumptions. So we live in a culture, maybe like all cultures, that assumes that things happen by might and power. Um, so uh, 
I have three boys, as, as I've said. They're big fans of action movies. Um, in fact, they're probably watching a Star Wars movie as we speak. If, church, if the church gathering's finished, they will be at home because that's the thing they do when I'm out. I have tried to like Star Wars. I don't know if anyone in the room likes Star Wars. Um, but I've given up since a few years ago after watching another one. I came out of the cinema and said to my husband, well, I quite enjoyed it, but there was quite a lot of space and sci-fi stuff and quite a lot of like violence. And he went, so do you mean there was too much Star and too much Wars? <laughs> I was like, yes. That's exactly what I mean. There was too much Star and too much Wars, so I've given up, I'm afraid. So apologies to any Star Wars fans. There's four more at home, but I can't get on board with it. Um, but we still, do, we, know, we still watch other action movies. We've been um, like trying out Avengers recently. Um, I just knit <laughs> through it all, because I try, I really try, but it's just not my thing. Anyway, we're used to the superheroes being strong and mighty, aren't we? We're used to um, the powerful um, winning the day. And, you know, in our... Um, day and age, there are a lot of other people who have a lot more power than we do. Um, I was reflecting on the fact that, um, you know, we as the church, we're used to hearing that we are um, declining in numbers, that uh, people aren't that interested in Christianity anymore. Um, And uh, we may, you know, we're also in a context where the number of um, Twitter followers or Facebook friends or Instagram um, I'm going to demonstrate the fact that I don't use any of these platforms now. I was saying, I don't know what you are. Instagram friends, followers, followers, isn't it? Followers. I'm looking at people who might know. Followers, yeah. Um, so those, your numbers of followers are, uh, the, are what gives you power and might. And, though, and we kind of, it's very easy for us to assume because we live in a culture that glorifies numbers of followers and might and power that that's the way that things happen. And what this verse, uh, what God said to Zerubbabel in this verse is still true today. It's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by his spirit that his kingdom grows and his light is spread. Um, so I, and you're, many of you will know, obviously, that this same image of the lampstand is picked up in Revelation. And it's the symbol of the church and it's the symbol of the, churches, um, the church spreading the light of Jesus. And if we think about that as our mission, if we think about our mission to spread the light of Jesus, um, it's very easy to feel lacking in the tools that we might need to do it. Um, and the reminder to us this afternoon is that it isn't by might, it isn't by power. It is by his spirit. Um, and finally, the final reason for, um, for um, sharing this passage is because it gives me an opportunity to, to tell you a bit of a story um, that we're on at the moment. So um, I'm going <laughs> to really struggling with this. There we go. So this is a, a little bit about our own um, building project in Halsden. Um, and uh, this verse has kind of been uh, the verse about it not by might not by power but by my spirit has been really central um for us over the last couple of years um so just to to take you back to pre-pandemic days um in 2019 uh refugee education uk which is the charity that we started to support um young refugees has grown quite a lot um found uh real favor with god god's really provided and opened doors um it's now quite uh, quite a lot bigger charity than it was and we support um young uh asylum seekers and refugees with their education through educational mentoring um we also started, a, Dave Hollow, um, who you may know, started a consultancy called um, Jigsaw Consult, and they uh, 
do international development consultancy. And those two organisations and uh, Community Church Harlesden were sharing offices in um, the Salvation Army building. But they'd outgrown it. We were really squashed. At the really, and this is you know, pre-social distancing, but even then it was squashed. Um, and the Salvation Army were planning to rebuild their building. And so we started just to kind of dream a little bit about what it would look like to, do, to have our own space in Harlesden. We've never owned a building as a church and, um, or as any of those organisations. Um, but we began to just kind of imagine what it would look like to have a space that we could co-locate all our different community activities um, and office space um, and bring others into that and actually begin to be a bit more of a visible light in Harlesden. Um, and so we started kind of, you know, gently looking around. And then this building um, on the corner there, that big kind of four-story um, old bank, as it was, um, came on the market. And so we had a, we had a bit of a whip round. <laughs> um, <laughs> we thought, how much is that going to cost? Um, it was quite a good deal because it was in complete state. Um, and so we did a bit of, you know, quick accounting and um, spoke to the bank and, and put an offer on. Um, and we didn't hear anything for weeks, you know, what these things are like. And they decided in the end to get offers from lots of different organisations and then make a decision. And in the end, we heard that it had been offered to um, another charity. So another charity had offered to buy it and it offered slightly more than us. And there was no kind of back and forth um, at all. They just said that it's going to them. It's like, okay. Um, and that was possibly the, around the first time that this verse really came um, to the fore. And we thought, yeah, okay, well, we'll just, we'll see what happens. And um, we carried on praying. And, and a little while later, um, Catherine Gladwell, who's the um, CEO of REUK and the founders, many of you will know, um, got invited to a meeting with the charity, the lady who ran the other charity. And um, she went into that meeting. I remember talking to her before we go. And we were trying to work out the strategy. And we decided in the end, we'll just, you know, we'll just see what happens. We'll just be very gracious, you know, very kind of, um, you know, try and be Jesus to, to this um, lady in this charity. We're not going to try and play it. As they went, and, and any, any of you know Catherine, she's just totally lovely. So she went and had a lovely meeting, obviously really encouraged them. And then afterwards, the lady who ran the other charity went and phoned the estate agent and said, I think you should give it to them instead. <laughs> totally amazing. So suddenly we were, we were all systems go, and we completed on the building. We bought the building on the 6th of March, uh, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, meant, as a board of trustees, we were faced with a rather challenging situation of having just acquired a huge liability at the point where literally all trusts and foundations in the entire country um, had, uh, didn't know what their economic situation was going to be. Uh, or it looked like even our funding for our programs um, might stop. It was a pretty scary time. Um, and at that point, we thought the refurbishment was going to cost us about £400,000, which is what the council had said they could fund. Um, at this point, as of today, it's about £1.8 <laughs> But the amazing thing is that God has provided all of it, apart from £40,000, um, but nearly all of it. And I'm sure that £40,000 is going to come in. Um, and right now, as I stand before you today, we're in a very exciting phase because this week we've decided what to call it. Do you want to know? It's going to be the lighthouse. Um, so uh, that's what it's going to be. Um, and um, we are um, also in a... I'm, so I'm very excited, but I'm also a little bit daunted because you know what building projects are like. Uh, so it's been one of those weeks where we've discovered all sorts of potential new challenges. So that number might go up and up, but 
God will continue to provide. Um, and the point is, you know, what, isn't this a fun way to live, you know, on an adventure where God makes you, encourages you, calls you to do uh, scary things and then, and then provides? Um, but please do pray for us if you remember, because um, it, isn't, it isn't by might and it isn't by power, which is a really good thing because we don't have a lot of either. Um, but we do need um, him to continue to provide. So I'll keep you posted on the building. I'll send you pictures when it's uh, all ready. So what do we take into the week and year ahead? So firstly, um, be encouraged. Mostly this morning, I really, um, this afternoon, I've done it again, I really just want um, to encourage you. I don't know what plans you have um, as Hub Church. I don't know what you're facing as individuals. Um, but my encouragement is just to remember that his mission of spreading his light is only ever achieved by his spirit. If you feel weak, if you feel outnumbered, um, if you feel that you face mountain after mountain of challenges, don't despair and don't feel discouraged. There's actually real purpose in our weakness. Um, this isn't obviously just a word that was for Zechariah, but um, just to persuade you even further, in two Corinthians, Paul, um, sorry, in two Corinthians, Paul wrote this passage that will be very familiar to you. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, "Let light shine out of darkness," made His light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. And absolutely, it's got to be one of my other favorite verses in the Bible. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this power is from God and not from us. There is purpose in our weakness. Those jars of clay, those very ordinary, inexpensive jars, the point of this passage is that it is because we are weak that God can shine out of us. And just to be absolutely clear here, sometimes the mountains that we're facing are not about expensive building projects, but just about getting out of bed in the morning and getting through the day. The pandemic has shone a light, hasn't it, on the fact that many of us struggle with our mental health. In Sanctuary, we talk about periods of mental health languishing. So it's not about always um, being on top form, is it? Sometimes just getting out of bed is difficult. And our, our, I think it's just as relevant to remember, isn't it, that sometimes we need God's Spirit to just help us get through the day. Our culture tells us that we need to be mighty and powerful. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, it is not might and it is not power. It's his Spirit working through us. Our friends don't actually want us to be mighty and powerful anyway, do they? They need Jesus, and they need to be able to see him working through us. I thought that prophetic word earlier about the feeling um, like we're in a period of confusion or not understanding, and that power source being, um, being from God and being there for us is really 
timely as well. The next thing we take into the week and year ahead is to pray. Again, not rocket science, is it? I'm telling you things you know. But let's remember to pray. They always say, don't they, the Battle of Britain wasn't uh, won by all the strategic uh, groundwork. It was won in the air. And whenever we're involved in trying to bring the kingdom, trying to live out God's mission here in Basingstoke and in the workplaces um, and the homes that you uh, live and work in, we need to pray. We need to win the battle in the air as much as we're trying to work out the strategy on the ground. This is absolutely 100% where we're at as a church at the moment. We're not able to do lots of the normal community activities um, that we uh, were doing because the Salvation Army is being refurbished and uh, we haven't yet got our building and everything's all, you know, COVID-y as well. Um, so we have really felt the call to pray. Uh, we're prayer walking more um, and uh, we're starting actually on Monday mornings to pray specifically um, for the building and do a kind of post-kids drop-off, pre-work, prayer walk um, in that window. Um, but we sometimes forget, don't we, what a powerful thing it is um, to be able to pray. Um, and I, I'm certainly starting this year um, intending to, to try and pray more. And finally... Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Um, I think uh, we're, we're quite a small church. I think I've said um, that before. Um, in everything that we've ever done, any, any youth work, any um, we've done English conversation classes, we've worked with people struggling with debt. And I've felt, always felt God say, just work with the one or two. We can get very caught up, can't we, in numbers and how many people are, how many people are coming, how many people are... Um, kind of experiencing things. And of course, some of that's good and we want to be um, ambitious for the kingdom. We want to see God's, uh, God's power transforming lives. But let's never forget that it always starts with the one or two. And let's not despise the day of small beginnings. I don't know if you notice this, really strong language in the, in the passage. Who dares despise um, the day of small beginnings? I think there's always something in that for us. Just remembering, like, we go with the one or two that God gives us. We go with the conversations that he gives us. Um, and that's basically where I wanted to leave us um, this afternoon. Um, so I really hope and pray that something that I've said um, has resonated with you. Please be encouraged. Please, this week, this month, this year, remember it's not by might, it's not by power. It is by his spirit that he spreads his light through us, his jars of clay. Um, and are we going to wrap up then, or do you want to come back? It's very difficult. When I'm any <laughs> I've never been to one of your services. Okay, brilliant. I'll pray for us then. Lord Jesus, as we um, stand at the start of this year, 2022, um, we thank you that you're with us. Jesus, we thank you um, that you know what lies ahead, even though we don't. And we thank you that in that, you know what we need as well. And Lord, I thank you that um, whatever you want to accomplish through this church here, through our church in Harlston, through us as individuals, that you will achieve it not by might or power, but by your spirit. Um, and Lord, we want to uh, confess that sometimes we do despise the day of small beginnings. We do get discouraged 
Um, And we pray uh, this afternoon, Lord, that you would encourage us, that you would um, give us faith to see what you're doing and also to trust you. Lord, we do trust you. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for um, everything you've done in our lives. Um, And Lord, we trust you to equip and need us in the year ahead. In Jesus' name, amen.